1: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision.
0: Well, a special focus today on some of the resources of Christian organisations that are offering critical insights into party policies and where you can find insights into candidate profiles. We'll be talking about the concept of voting for people, not parties, but also contrasting where party policies stand on the critical issues based on research and on party responses to specific questionnaires. Well, today we'll talk to guests from the Australian Christian Values Checklist. We'll also talk to Family Voice Australia... They've been doing these sorts of election surveys for more than 40 years. We'll also hear from the Australian Christians in WA who are the only Christian political party standing candidates for both Lower House and the Senate, and it's only in WA. And we'll also touch on the 21 days of prayer and fasting which gives real context for what's happening with political battles for truth and righteousness. Now you'll be able to help direct where our conversation goes. You might have a question, a comment. You might even have a critique of how Christians might formulate positions on these big issues. We're going to talk about women's rights. We'll talk taxpayer funding for abortion, prayers in Parliament, traditional values being taught in Christian schools. We'll talk freedom of speech, religious freedom, poverty and the environment. Our talkback line opening in just a few minutes on one 316 316 You might be listening quite intently when we take a slight detour about 45 minutes from now and talk about what is a significant bombshell announcement today. You might have caught it earlier on Rise and Shine. The National Mother of the Year has been announced just before Mother's Day. I'm not sure how much more controversial you can get, but... Pauline Hansen is named as the 2022 Mother of the Year. We're going to talk about that around about 45 minutes from now. Greg Bondar will be joining us from Family Voice Australia. And as you know, Greg, a regular voice on 2020, he's also chairman of the committee that selects the Mother of the Year. So that will be an interesting one to catch up on. We're 90 minutes away from talking about how you can access free high-quality Christian gospel tracts. We're going to talk to Vince Wall from His Word Media. They have an amazing arrangement of tracts, one about uh, Queensland and the Northern Territory, just to single out. It's entitled, Welcome to the Northern Territory, Our Crocs Love Tourists. Well, there's lots of creative ways to share the gospel, and we'll tell you how you can get a hold of tracts for free to help supercharge sharing your faith with the traditional tried and true method, that conversation 90 minutes from now. On Faith in the Future with Dr. Camille Majdali our series is on the culture war. Today, more discussion about wealth. Get ready for engaging conversations on this Friday edition of 2020. Well, let's open our talkback lines. You might like to contribute to our conversation today, interested in your impression of developments in the election campaign and how your Christian conscience is leaning with what you're hearing in mainstream media, what you're hearing from Christian commentators. Two guests joining us for the first part of our conversation today, our regular Culture Watch commentator, Bill Muhlenberg, who is part of the team that puts together the Australian Christian Values Checklist. Bill Muhlenberg, welcome to 2020. Great to be back. And also joined by Marika Groenvold, who is State Director for the Australian Christians Party in WA. Marika, welcome along. Thank you. Let me start, and perhaps with you, Bill Muhlenberg. Uh, The thought that an election is coming, some are saying this is not that important, an election, it doesn't seem to have the same shine that early elections might have had. Making your vote count is just as important as ever. What are your thoughts on making your vote count as a Christian believer?
2: Yes, good question. Um, mind you, I office, often preface my remarks about these sorts of things by saying that once you get to be an old guy like me, maybe you, <laughs> and you've been around for a while, you've been through a few elections, and, you know... Well, the temptation is to get a bit cynical, for one, but at the very least, if you're a Christian and you've been through a number of these kinds of elections, federal, state, even overseas, in my case... Uh, you begin to realize a few basic uh, things. Uh, it's not the end of the story, but it's a good start. Namely, um, a new prime minister, a new president, a new party getting into office is not going to bring in the kingdom of God. In fact, a new mm-hmm. premier or prime minister is not going to save us. Obviously, only Je- Jesus can. Uh-huh. So, you know, we have a realistic and a sensible view of politics, but having said all that, we know that politics is very important. Uh, As has been said, those who do not take an interest in politics, well, uh, nonetheless, politics will take an interest trust in you. Uh, There's plenty of people out there who are happy to use the political system to uh, have an impact on everybody, including Christians, including on the churches. I suppose uh, a key example of the last few years with the lockdowns and COVID, many churches were forced to stay shut by the state. Uh, Some Christians resisted that, kept their churches open, even ended up going to jail as a result. Uh, pastors languishing in prison simply for saying, no, God and worship of our God is uh, an essential service, and the state really has no right to tell us when we can worship and how. So that's just one indication that politics always does butt in to our everyday life, including Christian life. So we do have an obligation to be salt and light. We do have an obligation to Let the lordship of Christ extend to every area of life. And that means, uh, at the very least, being informed about elections, being aware of who's running, what their policies are, how they might impact not just Christians but everyone else, how they might deal with the big ticket items, justice, uh, righteousness, and so on. Uh, These are things God cares about, we should care about. So being aware of how the parties or politicians stand on these key things is uh, essential, and Christians must carefully and prayerfully consider how they will vote and uh, who might be leading this nation in two weeks' time.
0: Marika Granvold, uh, State Director of Australian Christians in WA, right now, uh, your party has been able to withstand all of the forces that have wanted change over these past Mm -hmm. few years. Uh, Last election, there were a number of Christian-based parties that Christians could focus and they could make their vote count and they could put a one in uh, the preferred uh, party candidate, and uh, you are standing. It's like uh, last one standing. <laughs> this is, uh, this yeah. is quite amazing, and uh, I know you've withstood pressures to be standing, but Australian Christians in WA, you've got candidates standing in lower house seats. You yourself are a candidate for the Senate. Uh, making your vote count, uh, seems like people in WA at least have got somewhere to say, I've got a one, I'm going to put it in my preferences uh, to make that vote count.
3: yeah that's very true and I would hope that that's the way you know I think it's interesting listening to Bill as well he's he's seen a lot and probably have heard it all over the last you know couple of decades but I think for us it's very easy to get distracted and look at what other parties are doing and saying and of course for us we knew and always knew that you know God calls us to be consistent and faithful and and that means pointing people to him first, and that is through how we speak, through how we campaign, through our policy areas, which at times are quite different to what the other parties are talking about. So I would hope that people are a bit wiser this election, sort of discerning that every party that pops up isn't necessarily Christian because you do get a lot of that during an election cycle. I'm sure Bill can vouch for that. But, you know, just because people say, um, that that there is a Christian underpinning. You know, we really need to look at the fruit of the parties, the candidates as well. And these are all important things that we have to consider when we vote.
0: Well, to talk about Australian Christians for a moment, given that you are the last Christian party standing in that sense, and you've got a policy platform that you're standing on, at least yes. it's not just, uh, you know, in some sense people might say oh, you're speculating on what the policy might be for Christians. But You've got it out there, loud and proud, and that's a foundation for Christian policies. And we want to get into some of these today, and listeners can help direct where we go because there are an awful lot of issues, perhaps more issues than ever in any election that we've ever seen, uh, that are impacting on Christian values. Uh, Come to Bill, Bill Muhlenberg for a moment here. Bill, you are a part of the team that puts together the Australian Christian Values Checklist. I wonder if you've got some insights into how that checklist comes about each election.
2: Yeah, well, it's been happening for quite a while now, uh, perhaps not quite as long as uh, Family Voice and their 40 years, but I don't know, good 20, 25 who knows? Maybe 30. And mm-hmm. In fact, there's still a bit of question about who was the original uh, founder of this. There's a bit of a discussion whether it was Peter and Jenny Stokes of Soul Shakers uh, that you used to have on as guests or Warwick Marsh. Uh, but they certainly were uh, both there from the beginning, as was I. And, yeah, they've had... Uh, all these years, certainly the federal elections and then state elections, so quite a few have uh, uh, been put together. Uh, after a while, you can sometimes use the same sorts of questions. Sometimes you can even look back on past policy decisions that the parties have made, and if they haven't really changed, well, at least you've got a good hunk of your homework done uh, with our federal election checklist coming out. We've got eight parties all up and 19 questions now. You get four of the obvious candidates, uh, Liberal, Labor, National, Greens. I think they've been there for quite some time. Uh, the smaller parties are always interesting. Uh, we've seen many come and go, actually. Uh, you know, One day you had family first some years ago. Next day they're not on the radar anymore. So now we've got four smaller parties, some of which are fairly new and uh, up and coming. So we've got One Nation, Liberal Democrat, United Australia, and Australian Federation. So uh, there, obviously, some of the newer parties, sometimes they don't even have their, uh, well, a full list of policies as yet. I mean, we do basically three things to try to get as accurate an assessment of each party. We look, obviously, at their own websites, anything they've said or written or got down online. Mm -hmm. We obviously check that out carefully. If parties have been around for a while with candidates, we look at past voting records, uh, how they voted on key issues. And then thirdly, of course, we'll look at any, well, halfway official announcements, either of the leaders or party candidates. And uh, all together, we try as carefully as possible to see where they're going, uh, where they plan to be on some of these key issues, obviously some of the newer Parties, we've discovered they haven't even formulated all their policies yet. In fact, <laughs> True. With our new checklist, um, we've had a number of them contacting us and saying, wait a minute, that's not fair. You, you know, we're really good on abortion, or we're good on this and that. And we always have to go back and tell them, well, look, until you can give us this, in writing until we can see this on your own website. I mean, it's one thing if you've got your personal preference or, you know, a few candidates in one of these smaller parties are genuinely pro-life. Well, that's not enough. We need to know for sure what is your official party platform on some of these crucial issues and until we see it in black and white we can at best give you a question mark instead of a tick or a check so that's been kind of the process for many years now uh it gets interesting as you say new parties can come and go we've seen many fall by the wayside uh, we're thankful for what the australian christians and marika are doing in wa of course they're one of the uh, more long-standing and long-lasting small parties. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, trying to keep your ear to what's happening, being in touch with as many of these politicians as we can be and try to give the electorate a somewhat, hopefully, Fairly accurate view of where the parties
0: stand, Marika. In your formulation of the sorts of policies that you have as Australian Christians, uh, some people might be even cynically thinking, "Oh, you're just a you know a, a party that's set up to be uh, a party that uh, points people to maybe a conservative side." Uh, but yeah. when you have developed your policies. Uh, Christian foundations to those, uh, you're mindful of uh, of where you're going to be sitting in the political landscape, but uh, there's also a big dimension there, a godly, biblical, prayerful dimension in developing policy. And without mm. having those policies that you've got, uh, in some sense here, you've got uh, parties that don't have somewhere to, to say, well, that's what the Christians believe. Uh, what you're doing mm. is very important, I imagine. Well, yeah,
3: and I think often during federal elections we know that they're an opportunity to talk about the things the major parties perhaps don't want to look at or even want to touch Um, and I mean that's every election that's sort of the key you know we know that there are key things that mobilize people on mass but there are also key things that are important that mobilize Christians and of course especially with this federal election we wanted to make sure that we can represent a Christian voice when we say that protection for Christian schools to teach according to their foundations, to teach according to their ethos, those foundational things are so important and of course that flows into defending freedom of expression, freedom of choice, conscience, you know you don't hear a lot of these other parties talking about it and I know you know over the years we know that certain parties give their members conscience vote on key issues but you know party line is always something that comes into play so I always say to people at least with us you know that there is a consistent and unashamed stance that when we actually defend Christian values um, that's actually what we do you know there's no party line (laughs) it's actually between what is right and what is wrong and that's very important you know I've seen even over the last couple of weeks, there's been a push to consider candidates, you know, and not necessarily parties. But I think as Christians, it becomes so important that we have to consider both. You know, you have to consider the culture in which candidates run. You have to consider the constraints around that particular Christian candidate having the freedom to uh, say what they want to say So, you know, this election becomes important to look at the candidate and the party, and then, of course, the values that underpin those parties.
0: Well, interestingly, the Australian Christian Values Checklist has two checklists for this election, Uh, one that Mm. is national for all Australians, and you might even narrow that down to uh, central and east coast states. But uh, there's a second one, and it's on the Western Australian uh, federal election front because Australian Mm. Christians don't register on the national level. But uh, I might say and just draw attention to the fact that every single one of the Christian Values Checklists List issues as a green tick in the Australian (laughs) Christians. So uh, we're going to talk about some of these issues and more pointedly in just a few moments. I want to open talk back lines. Listeners, welcome to participate. How is your Christian conscience leaning for this election? You might even like to say, uh, which party you're thinking of voting for or which uh, way you are leaning. You might mm-hmm. want to be a little bit broad about that. You might say uh, conservative or progressive or uh, major mm-hmm. parties, minor parties. one eight hundred 316 We're back with more in just a few moments. Pastor Greg Laurie says we need to make sure we're not living a lightweight form of Christianity.
2: Today, he points out our faith needs to be robust and it needs to be
1: substantial.
2: When we get on a scale in general, we want to weigh less, not more, right? Well, that's not true of God's scales. When we get on God's scales, we want to be a heavyweight. We want our life to have substance and meaning and weight and weight. Because of our relationship with God.
0: This afternoon at 4 Western, 5.30 Central, and 6 Eastern. Then on demand
2: in the Vision app and at vision.org.au slash podcasts.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Jeannie Trudell, President of CHC. Students tell me they felt lost in a crowd at university, but at CHC, they feel supported with smaller classes and one-on-one contact with lecturers and more academic support. When students transfer to CHC, they tell me how relieved they are to study at an institution that embraces their Christian faith. At CHC, we're passionate about equipping Christians to succeed in business, teaching, counselling, liberal arts, ministry, and more. Our degrees are nationally accredited, and CHC is ranked number one for student support. If you're considering transferring your degree, we want to make that process as easy as possible. So we're offering no-cost transfers. Waiving the Qtech application fee offering administrative support and giving you a $100 textbook voucher. We know you're going to love what CHC offers. Come and discover the CHC difference for yourself. Visit chc.edu.au. That's chc.edu.au. Station sponsor.
2: Are you a talented and creative copywriter who would love to use your skills and experience for ministry? Right now, Vision has an opportunity for you. We're looking for the right person to join our creative and communications team to help with researching, writing, and editing of content across multiple platforms. This is a full-time paid role based in Brisbane. If you'd love to put your skills and experience to work at Vision, maybe you're the wordsmith we're looking for. Learn more or apply now at vision.org.au slash jobs. A biblical
0: perspective on life, culture, and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Wonderful to have you with us. Talk back line open now on 1800 316 316. You might have an impression as to which way you're leaning uh, with your Christian conscience. And uh, you can be honest, uh, tell us exactly how you are thinking. Our special guests in this segment, Bill Muhlenberg, who's part of the team that put together the Australian Christian Values Checklist, and also Marika Granvold, who is State Director of Australian Christians Party in WA. Let's tackle some of these issues and let Listeners might like to enlarge on some if, uh, if there's uh, that uh, intent uh, from listeners who call in. 1-800-316-316. Some of the really big stuff. Let's start with the freedom of speech and religious freedom issues here. Uh, Bill Muhlenberg, uh, the, uh, the checklist. Uh, how do those sorts of things rate uh, between the parties that you've got comparisons for?
2: Yes, well, it is a key issue and certainly one we've been hammering away at for quite some years now. Uh, sadly, it's, a, as can be expected, a bit of a mix. Uh, you know, sometimes libs and gnats will say the right thing, but, well, as we know, sadly with Scott Morrison in his past three years at the top job, he spoke a lot about things like religious freedom, but... When crunch time came, uh, well, we left things too late and maybe perhaps too half-hearted, and we ended up, well, with nothing thus far, three years on, and nothing is there. So whether, you know, we vote him back in and then he'll... uh be happy to try again we'll have to wait and see but uh, as we say uh... put in your money where your mouth is is key we got some of the smaller parties who've made it quite clear that they will indeed support uh... not just things like religious freedom but tackle things that we've discussed in the past like section eighteen c and so on so many of the various discrimination laws and so on Tend to well, they sound good, but they tend to penalize Christian free speech. In fact, any free speech that goes against the politically mm. corrected uh, norms and narratives of the day. So, while we've got some of the smaller parties, and again, one nation at the moment is looking fairly good on most issues, uh, the bigger parties. Uh, well, we need more out of them, and and be aware, as we'll probably say. Uh, it's not so much that these smaller parties are going to get in, but they may help hold the balance of power. You might have a few in the Senate who can help sway things. So that's the key here.
0: Marika Graunvault, Australian Christians, positions there on religious freedom, uh, those sorts of freedom of expressions, freedom of of speech. Uh, where uh, Where do the Australian Christians stand with all of that?
3: Yeah, well, of course, it's one of our main platforms. And the irony, of course, is, you know, since I think 2016, you know, for faith, families and freedom, you know, those have always been underpinning components of any election campaign. So the freedom of expression side for me, because we were so mindful when the marriage legislation changed in 2017. We knew that that would have a huge impact in how school curriculums are formed, how we could talk about gender, um, how what we teach our kids. So for us, that's been a very big thing. And of course, it doesn't mean that we don't support people's expression across a range of um, religions. But I just really felt this time around there's almost no other religion um, or faith that has suffered so much persecution in terms of what we believe. So that's why we thought it was very important to say, look, it's really time to stand up for Christian schools, um, to really encourage them to operate according to the foundations. And sadly, even though we keep praying for our prime minister and we have to, um, it was really unfortunate that, you know, City Point College was thrown under the bus. I think that to me just speaks of a broader issue here that we have to be mindful of and that is really making sure we're protecting schools right to teach according to our foundations.
0: This is the uh, the pointy end isn't it Bill Muhlenberg, the danger of cancelling Christians if you don't have freedom of speech if you don't have freedom of mm. association if you don't have uh, academic freedom and uh, political communication freedom, if you don't have those things, uh, you can cancel Christians, therefore cancel the ability for Christians to disciple and to bring the gospel freely in a nation. I mean, what could be more important Mm. than that, Bill Muhlenberg?
2: Well, yeah, Mm. we've obviously talked many times over the years on cancel culture, and as you rightly say at the very heart of this, For the Christian is the freedom to proclaim the gospel. Uh, As you know, here in Victoria, we recently passed a law under Dan Andrews where you can't even pray for somebody who may want to question his uh, unwanted sexual attractions. That's how bad it's gotten where prayer is now illegal, subject to Mm. 10 years in jail if you're found guilty. So uh, Christians who may think, well, again, politics, that's too uh, of the world. I just want to speak to spiritual <laughs> things. Well, come on. If you're going to get right. arrested for praying for somebody, that is a very spiritual thing indeed. And that's why mm-hmm. we have to keep hammering at free speech and religious freedom.
0: And uh, Marika, I mean, we've had conversations on this program many times about these issues and what the yes. states are doing because uh, you're in WA. You've had had a had very harsh uh, oversight uh, from the WA state government, as Bill is reflecting on the Victorian state government, and uh, mm. understanding that the Prime Minister's had the opportunity to overrule all of these very, very hard rulings uh, in mm. this time, but he hasn't chosen to do that. Uh, any thoughts here?
3: Yeah, well, I think it, again, it raises the importance that there has to be committed parties that are active in fighting these and defending these battles in between election cycles. We can't just, you know, spruik outrage when there's an election. These things often happen and do pass in between cycles. So even in WA, you know, I think last year we were pretty um, instrumental in, in, in making a submission to the Sex Discrimination Act changes that were meant to... Um, change here so you know we were able to mobilise a lot of organisations in response to that to actually go well no there are certain things as part of freedom of expression as part of freedom of speech um, to protect uh, Christian schools' ability to teach and organisations as well so you know when you look at these different acts in these different states we can see there's always a chipping away at changing something and so for me that's why it becomes really important to make sure we're across these things uh, in between elections and then, of course, use an election to really amplify um, how important they are.
0: Bill Muhlenberg, on freedom, Uh, interesting, I'm looking at the Australian Christian Values checklist now and uh, there is a section there protecting individual freedom. I mean, when we talk freedom of religion, freedom of expression, it also is impacted by the freedoms that have been interrupted you might say uh, around vaccination mandates and uh, these sorts of issues and and there's uh, there's there's green ticks in some of the newer smaller minor parties Uh, but the majors have all got red crosses Uh, any thoughts here
2: yeah well that's telling and again we use the colors so you know even if you're you're illiterate you can't read. You can, you can basically just look at, all right, who's red and who's green? Uh, the green tends to be the good guys, the red, the bad. And as you say, all four of the smaller parties on that particular question have a nice big uh, green uh, tick, whereas the other four main parties have a red cross. So it shows that the newer, smaller parties certainly seem to be committed to freedom in all forms, including not having uh, well, as we call uh, basically medical uh, fascism in this country, where you're forced to get a uh, medical procedure that you may not be happy with, and if you don't, you can lose your job, you can't travel, you can't go to school. I mean, that is scary stuff, and we've talked about this often. So, thankfully, the four small parties on this one are committed to freedom, but sadly, the big four parties are, uh, well, they've told us pretty clearly they're
0: not a friend of freedom. Let's take a call. Rabinia is in Bunbury in WA. Hi, Rabinia. Welcome.
3: Good morning. I'm really thrilled. I'd like to know how to get to to vote for for this party. Um, I'm very interested in what the children are taught at school. These little boys being told they can be girls and girls being told they were boys is going to destroy the next generation. And one (laughs) other question I've got. Um, this is about the sheep trade. This has just come on on the air
0: yesterday. Yes, well, well Rabinia, yeah. let's, let's touch on those. Uh, Marika, first of all, uh, how to vote for Australian Christians. Uh, well, AustralianChristians.org.au, but uh, uh, no doubt uh, Rabinia is in Bunbury. Uh, any insight there first, and we'll talk about the sheep trade.
3: Yeah, of course. Happy to share our recommendations. Of course, it's people's decision how they want to vote after they voted one. (laughs) So happy to share that link. And we'll also have a lot of our digital how to vote cards go out on uh, Sunday as well. So if people want to register through the AC website, they can actually get one straight on their phone.
0: Uh, Rabinia AC Australian Christians and you're in Bunbury and Australian Christians standing candidates lower house and for the Senate on the sheep trade uh, as I understand it uh, the Labor Party's come out and said uh, they want to put an end to the live sheep trade Uh, Are you across those details uh, from from WA point of view uh, Marika.
3: Look, it's been a while in the making, um, and I guess there's a balance there between people saying there needs to be more uh, compassionate ways in which we actually export our animals. But to be honest, this has been ongoing since the last election. So whether it's a staggered approach, uh, the details, we still need to see the details. But this is sort of something that tends to creep up every election.
0: Bill Muhlenberg, a quick comment from you.
2: Well, it's uh, obviously things like this, along with other key manufacturing, mining, and so Mm. on, which has been the core of our economy and core Mm. of keeping jobs in Australia. I hate to say it, the left party certainly the Greens, but Labour pretty much as well. Uh, if they get in it'll be more destruction of our economy, more loss of jobs, more uh economic insecurity, and this would be just one example of many of uh, things they will do if they have the power, and we know that a vote for labor if they get in will be a vote for the Greens. So, uh sure, as Marika said, we wanna take care of animals and the like. That goes without saying. We don't want to destroy the Australian economy and see many millions of people put out of jobs as well.
0: And, uh, Rabinia, uh, thank you so much for a very insightful question. In fact, there is a significant religious dimension to the question and one we might explore on another day in more depth. But, of course, uh, what the concern is uh, from those who are against live sheep exports uh, is that in some nations, because of their cultural and religious. Uh, heritage, uh, the way that they will in fact uh, kill those animals uh, can be judged as being inhumane. So there is a very significant religious argument to that. Rabinia, thank you so much for your call. 1 eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. 316 316. Give us an impression how you're feeling, Christian conscience, on the sorts of issues that we're talking about, the parties, the people. Uh, let me just ask you, uh, if we're not long in this segment for our conversation, um, Bill Muhlenberg uh, there's a couple of points where everybody's got a green tick. I want to mention those because uh, because if we're talking about Labor and the Greens, they've got mostly red crosses on your Australian Christian Values checklist. But uh, there are a couple of issues uh, dealing issues around poverty and around the environment. I wonder if you've got a quick comment on that.
2: Well, those are kind of our two motherhood questions, if you will. Uh, Mind you, we can sometimes have disagreement amongst ourselves. Uh, For example, to say that uh, the Greens will be good on poverty. Well, as I just said, they will probably create more poverty. They'll create more job losses and so on. So I guess there, you know, the intention was to say, yeah, in theory, the Greens and labor are concerned, obviously, about poverty and the environment. Uh, But I suppose if we had the time and, you know, had a 80-question checklist and a 10-pager <laughs> instead of just one, we could go into more detail about, well, some parties still might be better than mm-hmm. others when it comes to poverty and the environment.
0: Marika, while you've got a policy formation there loud and proud on the australianchristians.org.au website, Uh, the effectiveness of checklists, Uh, you've been around Mm. a while too and uh, through these election campaigns, Uh, are Christians taking advantage of the opportunity? Do they trust Christian commentators to get things right when they make assessments of parties and candidates? Any thoughts here on the value of checklists?
3: Oh, it's invaluable. And I think Warwick often laughs at me when I sort of go, you know, a couple of months before the election, hey, are you guys doing one? When will it be released? Because people rely on these So much. And it's just a really good visual tool to give people an indication of where parties stand on Christian values and core values. And of course, like Bill said, we're not saying that this is the be all and end all, but it's a really good starting point to reconcile and weigh up where parties stand. And I know for us, it becomes incredibly important when we're saying to people, look, You've got to look deeper than just surface level. Vote according to your non-negotiables. Make sure that party shares those non-negotiables. And so, yeah, the values checklist for us is incredibly important um, and is always one of the most useful tools that we have during an election.
0: Perhaps a big-picture impression from the two of you before we have to end this part of our conversation, Uh, the sorts of outcomes you might see happening As you're looking at the campaigns as they're going, uh, you know, there's good and bad on both sides. Uh, The possibility of a hung parliament, Uh, the way the numbers look so far as polling goes, means there's an awful lot of undecided voters and those who are leaning towards minor parties. Uh, Bill Muhlenberg, your thoughts here, what's the likely outcome in your mind, uh, your impression?
2: Well yes, you're right, thirty percent or so it sounds like of voters are undecided looking at, as you say, independent smaller parties. So that's starting to be a big shift away from the big two parties. However, I think we're still stuck with that for some time to come. It will be Labour and National or Labour and mm-hmm. the Greens or Liberal and National will call the shots, but it could, as you say, be a long parliament with again the Senate, perhaps one or two of these smaller party candidates holding the balance of power as has happened before we had steve fielding victoria one family first uh... doing that a while back so that's kind of uh... where we're heading and be more political instability but if we can wake up, certainly the main parties that are claiming to be conservative and get them to start actually becoming a bit more conservative, well, that might be a good outcome.
0: Marike Groenwald, uh, you'd like to be one of the crossbench senators. And uh, so if we're talking hung parliaments and uh, the thought that the Senate might have a huge crossbench, uh, the government is... Uh, is sowing the line, it'll be chaotic and nothing will be done. Uh, I've heard Christian commentators say, things are spiralling so far out of control, we need to slow things down. If there is more difficulty in passing legislation, isn't that a positive? Your thoughts here, you'd like to be on that crossbench.
3: I do. I think we do have to be very careful though that when we are saying there are a lot of small you know, uh, freedom supportive parties, it doesn't always mean of course across the board that they're a capable candidate so I would really encourage people to take a balanced approach that yes, we would love to have a balance in Parliament but we do need to make sure that the people we are voting for are not only across those core valleys but that they are capable that they are able to uh, represent their electorate, that they understand the issue so for me Yes, uh, you know, it's good to support smaller parties, but we have to also be very mindful that in certain electorates, there might be some of those good champions in the other parties, um, some of the majors, including that are doing a good job. um, And we can't discount that either. You know, we need to keep praying for them. We need to keep encouraging them. And of course, for AC, if we can't get in, then, you know, we'll try our very best to keep greens out. And so that's kind of the philosophy we've employed. But we have to be careful and make sure that people that are elected are capable uh, to actually represent their constituents.
0: Well, uh, to our first two guests uh, for this segment, uh, Bill Muhlenberg, who's part of the team that puts together the Australian Christian Values Checklist, and to Marika Granvold, who's State Director for Australian Christians Party in WA, let me just say christianvalues.org.au, and Australian dot org dot and you can find out what those issues are and how Uh, The research and the questionnaire uh, development of those responses is when you visit those websites, so christianvalues.org.au and australianchristians.org.au and uh, Bill Muhlenberg uh, from Culture Watch. Simply Google Culture Watch one word uh, for articles that Bill's writing around the philosophies about politics and in the lead-up to the election. Bill, thank you so much for joining us on 2020.
2: Always a pleasure.
0: And Marika, thank you so much for taking time to share these thoughts with us today on 2022.
3: Oh, I always love it. Thanks, guys.
1: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.